0: Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode of Rocket is sponsored by Squarespace and Tracker. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com and Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat and the congestion still in my nose.
1: You sound more alive though. I like, do. I dead. feel more alive. Yeah. I feel yeah. so much better. That's
2: good. That's Yay! Good. We're so glad. We were seriously worried. Like you did not yeah. sound good last week. Yeah, just hacking,
1: sounded...
0: hacking, and having a good time. Hacking and laughing. It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so before we start the show this week, I have to tell you all. I I'm going to confess to a crime. I'm Uh-oh. going to commit on Rocket, and <laughs> I'm going to commit it tomorrow. And like our listeners will be listening to this unable to warn Frank because the crime will happen like it will have already happened in the past. Yes. So what if Frank got me my birthday presents today and he got me some fantastic gifts. He got me a giant cookie monster. He got me Wonder Woman Barbie. But then he made a really big mistake. And he got me this gigantic Nerf sniper rifle. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, poor <laughs> With, Frank. Oh, right, Frank. like that's really dumb, right? Like it's it, got. I it mean, I mean, that's
2: like amateur move right there, right?
1: So it's got like the the bullets that are twice as big as a normal Nerf bullet. So we have a house now, and if I go into the backyard, I can just walk up onto the roof because I'm <gasps> very tall. So oh, God. Uh, the crime I want to confess to is when Frank comes home tomorrow, I will be wait. I will use the apple find my friend's app to get oh notice when <laughs> <laughs> Frank has been a mile of my house and then i'm gonna go upstairs on the roof and then i'm going to shoot him uh wink and he could die i uh. don't know if he's gonna live from this we're just gonna have to find out i
0: can't believe what i'm hearing right now <laughs> what what why no one can no one can stop you no one can warn him this is <laughs> right. this is so tragic
1: I'm saying something will happen in the future, but for our rocket listeners, it will be the past. So, do you I think that he suspects? <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Do you think he suspects? I, I, I. If I, he, I know Frank is a very smart man, but he did buy you that sniper rifle, which makes him a very
1: <laughs> foolish right. man.
0: I was gonna That's, say. I mean, he's a yeah. very smart guy, but does he not? Is he not
2: aware, like who he married? Right. I It's
1: just like, oh my god, oh my god. He has a PhD in bacterial I'm imagining genetics. imagining Frank but... singing
0: Eliza's part in Hamilton. I know. <laughs> I'm I married. <laughs> oh. If you shoot me when I come home at the end of the day, <laughs> that would be enough. Oh. I can't. I can't go anywhere near those high notes with my throat right now. Oh my god, this is bad. Uh,
1: so, uh yes, yeah, Simone, you may be getting an iMessage, like I need you to bail me out of jail. So I will not <laughs> bail you out of jail, I'm tomorrow. sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. to learn I'll responsibility. <laughs> okay. I'll bail you out, I'm there yeah, for you. I
1: know, I'll, Christina, I'll... you've got my back. Oh, Christina's you know, we're the cool buddies. mom. Yeah, I see how it is. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, I'm the cool mom. Again, this is why I don't have children, because I would like my response to stuff like this would not be like, don't do this. They'd be like, "Oh hell yeah! Can we record it?
0: Can we Snapchat it? Can, oh can yeah! We, can we is Facebook there going to be someone it? there recording it? Because this is this is a waste if you just go up there and that moment is lost to time."
1: I'm excited. I have to say the the Wonder Woman Barbie. Like I feel guilty because I know she costs seventy dollars, and as you're like opening up the box, as is very pretentious, like barbie black label <laughs> That's right. the of it. Like, like oh i'm sorry i only play with black label barbie dolls It's <laughs> a woman in my 30s because those,
2: I, right. I love yeah. i love collectible barbie dolls so much like you don't even know like i'm such a nerd about that sort of stuff i'm so jealous i'm happy for you this is awesome
1: she's gorgeous she's awesome so yeah i saw the it's photo amazing beautiful. it's life-changing <laughs>
0: Shall we roll into some life-changing tech topics? Let's do it. I narrowly avoided a bad segue there because the first thing that we're going to talk about is actually um, the Tesla autopilot crash oh. that was recently um, that Tesla recently announced. Announced that makes it sound like they announced it. No, um, they wrote a post about what happened. Basically, there was a driver uh, who was using the autopilot in his Tesla. And was not watching the road and had a crash with a tractor trailer um, and unfortunately died. And this is causing great reverberations in the tech community um, with many thoughts being written and spoken about what this means, about the future of self-driving cars, um, what it means that Apple is filing a patent about um Camera camera use in cars, um, all kinds of things like that. What what Tesla will be doing going forward, if anything will change at all. And I know that these two people here with me have very strong feelings about it. Um,
1: so well, I think we had two stories. Like one, yeah. the the Apple camera thing, we're going to get to in a bit, but that's not necessarily related to the Tesla story. Um, right. I guess like one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this this week is. You know, like, Christina, Simone, and I, we take a lot of, you know, responsibility in you know, not bringing you clickbaity, terrible stories on this show. So we we basically had two stories come out this week that were just kind of terrible and sensational, and we just kind of wanted to talk about how there's um kind of a deeper side to this that you're not really hearing. So I mean, Christina, like starting with the the Tesla story, yeah. I mean, you know these these have been on the road for quite a while, and
2: well, you know, it's it, it's been since October, so it's it's you know we're closing in at nine months, and and um you know, and this is in in some cases you could argue it's amazing that it's taken this long. I mean, I know this is terrible and I'm not trying to in any way like lessen like the fact that someone died, but you could say that it's amazing that it's, that it's been this long given the amount of of sheer number of car accidents that happen on the road every day, that it was this long before there was a fatality. Um, that's number one. Number two, is even though I do think that it is important, Tesla has said this, that they need to look at why the autopilot didn't work, why it didn't see this truck. For, for people who don't know, a guy was was uh, was in, in a car and it was kind of a perfect storm, kind of basically where the way the sun was positioned, um, what he was doing in his automobile, which we'll discuss in a second, and, and kind of the, the way um, that light was reflecting off of the tractor trailer next to him. The autopilot didn't sense that the car was next to him. And so he basically... Swerved his car underneath the tractor trailer and, and was crushed and 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 died, and I mean and it's terrible. Um, but, but one of the things that came out of this very soon after Tesla released their statement was that there was a DVD player that was still playing in the car. He was by himself, and there was a DVD player playing Harry Potter, um, in the car. And 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 so we don't know what happened, but you could you could make the inference that. He might not have had all of his attention on the road, and so that changes things a little bit. Now it, it doesn't. It doesn't obviate the question about why the autopilot didn't see the car. And, and Tesla had, had explained on their blog post again that it was kind of the the, the way that the sun was reflecting off of of a uh, you know the, the tractor trailer, um, the position of things. Just it was this weird perfect storm. Yeah, of and just the, the, the angle write
0: up it says the the tractor trailer lined up with the skyline and was the yeah. same color as yeah. the sky. Right.
2: Creating, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a perfect storm scenario. Um, but I think that the, the the thing we have to kind of acknowledge though is that it does appear, and, and we don't know for sure, you know, the the NTSA will have to do like, or, or NTSB or whatever will have to do a full, you know, uh, accountability for this. Uh, but, but it does appear that the driver was impaired. At the very least, he wasn't paying full attention. And so that makes the circumstance in my mind a little bit different than the, the, the go to reaction, which is just to say, you know, um autopilot is He's not safe. Yeah.
1: Which was we saw a lot of that this week. Um I I can't help but look at this like um an engineer. And I, I really hope it doesn't seem callous, but you know, like um you know, sometimes when we have a, a very rare bug in software, like you kind of accept a certain amount of fail rate, right? Like you, you put right. it down to like, you know, every one in a million times this runs, something is going to go wrong. Like when you're looking at big data sets. So, you know, one life is very important and, you know, my heart goes out to this, you know, this guy's family, but i think you also can look at the the aggregate data and you know the aggregate data shows that you know tesla for the millions of miles they've been on the road so far are 40% less likely to crash than if you're you're driving um a typical car i also think that you know you can see videos out there that show the warnings that you know this is kind of a beta feature and it's extremely clear hmm. about keeping your eyes yes, on the road and your hands on the wheel so you can react. So, you know, I, I'm obviously not going to speculate. I wasn't in the car, but I, I think that that's something to keep in mind here. You know, and I just have to say, you know, when we look at the United States, Sometimes when the government gets involved with safety things it is led to just fantastic things. We have a fantastic drug system. It's very very expensive to go through, you know, human trials with that, but like our system is so good that it's literally copied around the world. Our safety standards, our environmental standards, these are good things. But when I see like people kind of panicking and kind of rushing to judgment about, oh, this means this can't be used on the road, that that really scares me. Because in the case of, you know, Tesla and a lot of these other technologies, you know, government regulation is one of the, the biggest hurdles they, ha- they have to get past. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we can slow down here, and really, you know, look at some empirical evidence.
0: I think that for me, it seems like the solution to it, or at least part of the solution to it, does have to be a tech solution, though, in that we need to make sure that people who are driving driverless cars are being held accountable for paying attention. I'm I'm not saying that to judge people, to, to, to judge drivers, because I personally, I mean, I'm certainly very easily distractible as a driver. Like I, I've done I've done things that I should not have behind the wheel 100 percent. But the fact is, I I think that's something we could kind of take for granted about drivers in general is that we there needs to be a way to hold drivers accountable for paying attention to the road and making sure that that extra step towards keeping people safe is in place because potentially it won't be someday a, a one person driving a car crashing into a truck, a trailer and that person passing away. It could be, you know, a. Of crashing into a family SUV or something like that, which would be very crappy. Um, but yeah, the solution does lie in it tech, and have, I think it, that, it
2: is going yeah. to happen. It, it is going to happen. It is going to happen. And I think that the, the way you get better with it is obviously the technology has to evolve and improve, and you can't do that if you can't test it on the road. Yeah. Um. Which, which, but I do think that there's kind of a secondary issue here, which kind of goes away from from like the media sensationalism of it, and that is kind of I think. We've talked about this a little bit on, on past shows before, but I think it comes down to the fact that the tech for certain things, this is to me, it's almost similar to VR because you know how like VR it's so close to being good. Yep. You want it to go to that next level. Yeah. Well, I feel that way about the, the 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 self-driving stuff where we're so willing to give over control to the Borg. Because it's really good, so you see these scenarios where you know. In this case, it seems like the driver might not have been completely paying attention. Um, There have been other instances that have been well documented where people are like literally sleeping, you know, while they're in their Teslas, and it's terrible that they're doing that. But the thing is, is the people have come to trust these these autopilot systems. And I was even I was in a test drive of of a Ford Escape um, a week before last. Uh, They they had an interesting test drive event in New York, uh, set up like a like a like the the Escape the Room games and. Um, one of the one of the parts of the test drive was that you let the car park itself for you because it has this this built in technology where it scans the spaces, it tells you what to do, and one of the things it actually says is take your hands off the wheel, and it actually parks the car for you, and you you do it, and it does it very well, but you give over kind of you know responsibility to that, and so you know on the one hand. I think what almost is happening is that the tech is getting so close to being good. We're not at that truly self-driving car space yet. You know, autopilot is not self-driving. It is, you know, assisted driving. Um, but, 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 you know, but we're at that place where I think people especially early adopters like like Tesla people are willing to almost trust the system. And the problem with that is, 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 is I, I, like I said, I kind of liken it to, uh, to VR a little bit where we're like, it's not quite ready though. Like we want it to be ready but we're not quite there. And so I wonder like if part of this, you know, I guess getting to this next place where we will eventually have self completely autonomous self-driving cars is recognizing kind of as drivers when that is going to happen and when it's not, because I feel like people are willing to trust the systems now and they're not ready as, as we've seen the tech just isn't there.
0: And I think the systems would be way more trustworthy if there were more uh, Self-driving cars, period, on the road. Because if you have a situation like that where every car, you know, can sense every other car, they're all, you know, aware of their surroundings in that way, then you don't have human error like this
1: involved. I I guess I feel like I think sometimes in the United States, we kind of lose perspective about just how large our landmass is. So, I I think if you've ever sat down and you've worked to actually program an AI from large data sets, um, from like camera sources, you're going to see that like there's error involved with it. And the way that the Tesla works is optical camera looking for road, looking for, you know, or, you know, yellow sides of the road, looking at, you know, map data of people they've driven by there before you know, we have such a large landmass that I, I can't see this being safe, you know, throughout the entire United States without redoing the roads. I think in cities, I think if you're in New York and I, I can see like going with an optical radar system in a situation where you're rarely going over 20 miles an hour, the stakes are much, much lower there. Right. But, you know, being on the highway, I, I just frankly don't believe you can ever have an optical system that's going to be 100%. I just don't think it's possible. So, um, you know, I think it's really notable that when Google started working on this technology, you know, they did it in very isolated cities where they're able to kind of control conditions and map everything out. So I, I think it's going to kind of be a, a slower rollout like that.
2: No, I agree. but 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 I do wonder, like, you know, you worry about the impact that this is going to have, you know, that this being kind of the first notable accident is going to have. And I really hope that it doesn't sour people too much on where this tech is going because it's happening. And, um, you know, frankly, it opens up interesting questions that, you know, like liability, like who is responsible in the, in the case of an accident, you know, in, in, in this case, you know, is it the car company? Is it the driver? You know, I guess it depends on the scenario and what's happening, but but it, but it opens up lots of interesting questions that frankly we kind of have to answer if we're going to be accepting this, this this future anyway
1: i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more so can we touch quickly on the other kind of really dumb yeah. story
2: oh, this that was week? ridiculous
1: yeah okay this this really upset me like i i think all of us are used to reading dumb apple press i mean <laughs> you know i kind of went on a twitter tear about this i'm like look when you're reading this stuff don't 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 Like, I know people I like and respect at HuffPo, but like, don't don't read your Apple coverage at HuffPo, you know, like, so basically a story came out and, um, you know, an Apple this this really shows the failure of I think, mainstream journalism to write about Apple competently. So a patent comes out and it's a patent where Apple will basically disable your phone if it, it gets a signal, if you're at a concert or something like that. So it's basically, you know, supposed to like stop you from filming. Um, like say if you're at a Taylor Swift concert, any Apple reporter, anyone that's familiar with this world, anyone really familiar with the tech industry knows Apple files patents for the stupidest <laughs> ideas constantly. Like Christina, you have to see this. Like you'll be reading oh, yeah. on, you know, cult of Mac oh, and you're yeah. like, Oh, that's a real stinker. I hope they never come out with that. Oh, totally. And the mainstream media just runs with it, like it's the way they report it is. Like Apple's bringing this to market, and you know it's this inevitable. Apple is evil and wants to control everything. I mean, what were what were both of your thoughts about that?
0: Well, I'll correct my own self here because I got this I got both these stories like entwined together and was thinking about stopping people from taking selfies while they're driving, <laughs> which I was like that's an interesting I it, it would be a step too far in my opinion, but like you said like it's it's a patent and I my understanding of patents is that if you have an idea, you should patent it just to have ownership of it, not necessarily to bring it forward. Um, so I, I don't know. Look at it, the,
1: yeah. the Nortel situation, like Apple got into a patent, um, conglomerate alliance because what happens is like your, your iPhone has a broadband antenna and there's a patent in how it connects to a network to bring you cellular data. Someone has a very key patent over that. What we're finding in the tech industry is like, I don't remember if Google owns that, but let's say hypothetically if they did, they can set those fees to license it very high or can choose not to. So it puts Apple in this position where they have to patent everything in sight so they can counter sue those companies and say, please let us use this network and then we won't sue you for infringing on this patent even though they're not using it. So it's this... I mean, Christina, how do you feel about it? Like it's a monster. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, the the patent system is broken on a lot of levels. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's accurate. And, and I I think that, you know, companies have to use it defensively because if they don't, um, like you were saying, people will use it against them. And, and, and it's also one of those things where, you know, a lot of times it does become almost, you know, some companies, Apple's not one of them, but there are some companies that Hewlett-Packard is one of them that will define their their level of, of innovation based on how many patents they filed. And that's how they'll like show to their shareholders, oh, we're still relevant because we've done X, Y, Z. We we filed this many patents. That just and, seems nightmarish. You know, I mean, but, but but it is what it is, and and I mean, when when she was running for president, Carly Fiorino would talk about how innovation raised so much at Hewlett Packard, and all it really meant was that they filed a bunch of patents that <laughs> wound up being worthless. Um, it's true, though, and and so you know, this story though, I think you're right, Bree, It shows how people don't understand, and I wouldn't just I wouldn't just single out Apple. I would say it's it's um, interesting for like a number of companies because. Um, Apple is not the only one, but Apple is certainly the one that we cover the most here on Rocket, where you kind of get the sense that, you know, people who are covering these sorts of stories just don't get the nuances of tech coverage. They don't understand that that a patent filing literally could mean anything, you know, just because you have a patent on something doesn't mean that it's going to become a real product. And in fact, many times you don't end up seeing that in its final form. You will see some of those things. Um, I remember like Find my friend, the app was one that we did actually see ironically, like if I look back at early Apple patents from like 2000 I guess they were were probably identified in probably 2010 but 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 were probably filed way earlier than that there were there were parts to find my friend with location information and, and and kind of ideas for how this sort of application could be used and and it ended up being very different in form when it finally showed up there there've been you know patents for, for styli before the Apple Pencil um you know so it's, it's not crazy to think that that Apple at some point in the past could have thought that there could have been an interesting use case for an application or a feature that says when you're within this geofence range, you know the camera functionality can be shut off or or or, or you know disabled or whatever. Um, and 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 maybe that would be you know for for concert goers, maybe it would be for a security setting. Who knows what what the circumstance would be? But there's a very big difference between having that idea of saying when you're in a geofence and having an action automatically happen, which could apply to a number of things and wouldn't have to necessarily mean we're taking something away from your product and and, and and impeding on your, on your personal rights. It's a very big step to go from that to what I just said, which is what a lot of the tech press did, where they were like, Apple's trying to prevent you from taking photos at concerts. And that's, that's what makes me go nuts because I'm thinking, first of all, that's actually not what the patent says. The patent is really about in a geolocation area, in, in a geofence thing, an application would be able to alter parts of the hardware on the phone. And, 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 and in fact it would, let's say that that app did exist. There would be absolutely no um, indication that that would be an application you would have to install or activate on your phone. So that that's not so. You know what I mean? But but but, 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 but it's basically just saying that that if you're in one area, another action could happen, and so that really kind of is a, a simple home automation sort of thing. And you know that you're in this area now, this action is going to happen on your device. And so you know to take it to that level because the example used was you know. It could be, you know, we could disable your camera or it could enable something, other feature. People are going, Apple doesn't want you taking photos at concerts. It, like, makes, like, like, Breeze epic tweet storm. Taylor Swift in <laughs> lobby strikes again. Uh, t- Taylor Swift, you know how she feels about not paying professional photographers. I- I'm joking, uh, Taylor. Uh, that, that, that that was the joke from last she's summer. She's never going to call you now. The And right. then, then professional photographers got mad and then it turned out they were bitching about nothing. But anyway, like, you know, like, but, but, but like, exactly, this, this. It got got blown into this complete non-story by people who don't understand that a tech patent a does not equal a product. So it's like you know, um, um, like exclamation point equal sign, like, like <laughs> right. does not equal, you know, does not equal product.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's really worth saying. You know, Apple has opened up tremendously in the last three years, especially. But, you know, they have traditionally been very hesitant with press. And I have to say, this story is a really good example of why. I mean, or, or don't even take this story. Take the Apple Music story that came out a few weeks ago, where the sensational blog comes forward and says, like, Apple Music is going to delete all your tracks. And I saw reputable people out there, I'm not going to name them on the show, retweeting this when it's just not true. It's a it's a lie. And, you know, it's I understand if you don't like Apple, but like at least go fact check that stuff because there are journalists that do good work and understand Apple that, that did give you accurate information about that. So I understand why Apple is very hesitant when there's an army of people out there that may do fantastic political reporting or, you know, economic reporting that just do not get Apple for whatever reason.
2: No and and I think that the part of the problem is you know that they face as a company and and a challenge for them is that they are such a mainstream company now and they're they they are important on a level that a lot of other companies aren't frankly that that you know you have it becomes a mainstream story it wouldn't be a mainstream story even for Google you know what i mean like google is very mainstream as a company but like it wouldn't be a mainstream story the same way that apple would be it it, it arguably might be for facebook but even then i doubt a patent story would get it but there's something about apple because it is such a big player and 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 they're so well known that even outlets that aren't known for tech coverage will cover Apple. Part of that is also kind of an indicator, I think, of just where the media is at large, where we're all fighting for clicks. We're all fighting for views. Our audience is, is getting shifted out from underneath us because we made, you know, deals with Facebook and then Facebook changes their algorithm. And so we're like, well, what else are we going to do? Where's our traffic going to come from? And so people like Simone and myself are like, please pay us.
0: Um, don't, don't, we don't want to lose our jobs. But yeah. You don't want to be the person who doesn't write the story if it does end up being a big story. I don't. Who do you, who do you think um, for coverage of this particularly is was the best coverage of this? No coverage or who had the best coverage? I think no coverage
2: is the right way to do it, in my opinion. I think in this story, this is a no coverage. Or if you're going to cover it, you cover it with the caveat that says that this is a patent; it doesn't mean anything. Um, but but it could have it, it could allow for this. But but I think that the, the sensationalized part of it, which is where most places went, and, and in fact, I know Mashable wrote about it. I, I didn't write the story, or our music reporter did it probably violated some of the things we're talking about. So I'm not trying to, I'm not, you know, I I haven't read the story, but, but I didn't write it, but it is what it is, you know? And it's like, I, uh, if, if I'd seen the story, I would have corrected it, but you know, um, assuming you need to correct and haven't seen it, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's these, those sorts of stories. I don't know what your take is, Brie. My take on a story like that, if you want to cover the patent, cover the patent, but to take it to that next level, any way you do that ends up being just bad.
1: Conjecture. I, I've, I I feel like you've got a responsibility when the other press is getting it wrong to to write about. It. Like I did a, a piece today about Apple Music, and you know I I made a point in that piece to mention that there's a lot of misinformation out there about Apple Music that's just completely fabricated, right? And I I don't know. I think like when you've got people out there that don't care to get facts right and. I, I think you've got to correct it. I mean, we all saw like the WWDC event with Apple Music and you saw people on that team. These are people that are really passionate about their products. you oh, know totally. The Taylor Swift angle. You know, Spotify very famously doesn't pay their musicians diddly.
2: No, they don't. And yeah, and uh, let me make one correction because I actually now read Mashwell's story. Mashwell's story was very fair. The headline, I don't love. The headline says, new Apple patent could block iPhone recording at concerts. I don't love the headline. But if you actually read the, the, the story, Emily did a really good job, which is um, – you know, it's an open question that if Apple were to implement such a technology, what the guidelines and restrictions would be, could say a private security or law enforcement take advantage, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, she writes, given its history with protecting iPhone's users' freedom and privacy, it would be very un-Apple-like of the company to implement such tech. And then kind of snarkily, that is, unless Apple execs are as annoyed with mid-concert Snapchats as Alicia Keys is. And so, you know, it, you know, it, it, was, it was definitely one of those, like, it, it was, so, so Emily wrote this the right way. So, you know, I think that, I don't love the headline, but I think that's more... I mean, that's that wasn't my call to make, and I don't even think that was Emily's call to make. Um, but I think, yeah, you make, you make a good point Bree, which is if you're going to write about it, you probably should try to set the record straight.
0: Yeah, good point. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone, including you, listener, to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store where you can set the record straight about whatever you want. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. And when you do, enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Yes, soon you will be in control of your own publishing platform. Squarespace. I can't believe Brianna Wu's laughing right now because I don't. You just
1: sounded like a Bond villain, Simone. You're like, Squarespace, <laughs> I will have the control of my death laser. You would take for over the will yes, yes.
0: where you will write about the death laser patents that you're filing with the U.S. Patent Office for all the new death lasers, which will not let you use death lasers at concerts or while driving it's very dangerous. Um, You could, yeah, anyway. So if you want to, if you have a better website idea than that, which you probably do, let's be real. Squarespace has easy to use tools and templates to help you bring that website to life. Wake it up. Wake it up inside online. Because, you know, if you have a good idea like that, you want to get it out on the internet. You want to get eyes on it. You want to make sure that it is presented in as attractive, easy to parse uh, way as you possibly can and at, you know, little cost to your own stress or to your own um, mental health as you try to build your website. Squarespace takes all that sadness away. Uh, you don't have to worry about hosting or scaling or what to do if you get stuck in the process of building your website. Boom. All your problems gone. Just you and your ideas putting them, putting them out there on the internet place where we all live. Um, With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed no matter what your skill level is, no matter what amount of coding you know. If you have the paltriest knowledge of coding, that's fine. If you have zero knowledge of coding, that's fine. If you have a ton of knowledge of coding, go out there. It's fine. You'll still be able to use Squarespace and get that site. Get, Get the site. Get it. You can get it. Squarespace, you can get it, (laughs) is not their motto, but they are trusted by millions of people around the world, probably because that's not their motto, and also just because they are a super simple, easy-to-use service to get your website on the internet. Do you guys have anything to say about Squarespace
1: I am gonna buy a Squarespace site right now. It's gonna be SimoneSquarespaceHouse It's just gonna have all of your ads for them.
0: Get a Squarespace site uh, to host podcasts. That's a thing you can do. You, it you is. want to yeah, it challenge? Is. It's something I do. Challenge Rocket. Go out there, make your Squarespace website. Use offer code Rocket at checkout.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> to compete
2: Are with you, Rocket, ma- yeah. If you if you do this, please make your URL make it weirder.
0: Dot com yes but you will never oh. succeed because you won't be able to make it weirder
1: and the, see now this is why i want because i know micah Sargent of imore is very jealous of your ad reading ability yes i want for him to get together with salty steve and to try to start a rocket competitor you podcast. in the world of
0: salty steve
1: uh steve lubitz oh, steve lubitz. oh
0: my god does yes. he have a new nickname now
1: he does. We're 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 innovating our ways we give him static on our new show. That's so adorable.
0: <laughs> I love that. Oh. So yeah, okay. You personally, you user, if you want to build a Squarespace website, please do go to squarespace.com. Plans start at just eight dollars a month. And like I said, enter offer code Rocket at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. And you can start a free trial, no credit card required. Build that website. Thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. We love you. So Snapchat introduced a big update. They are, wow, completely against, you know, everything Snapchat ha- has represented in the public mind up until now. They're introducing a feature called Memories, which will store your snaps and your stories on Snapchat servers so that you can go back through and like look at them and reshare them. Um and it, it looks really cool. The Verge did a big write-up of it. Basically, Snapchat it has it is such a force of nature um, among people with smartphones. People are using it more and more often just as a camera and at really important events like weddings, um, things like that, where, you know, those aren't the ephemeral memories. Those aren't the sexts. That you're sending to your teen boyfriend, which you have because you are a teen, not because you're an adult. Um, <laughs> those aren't those things. <sighs> <sighs> oh my God, Simone. God. <laughs> Who is the target audience for Snapchat? It's the teens. Um, Anyway. Well,
2: it, it, it's the teens, but, it's but everyone the teens now. teens don't
0: have to send... Se-
2: well, yes. First of all, uh, there was like a ComScore report that came out yesterday that's like... 40% of like 25 to 34 year olds are on it. And like 20% of people like over 35 are on Snapchat. So like the olds are officially invading. Also, I I, I don't want to, let's not pretend like the only people sending sex to their boyfriends are the teens. I think the teens are definitely doing that. But I mean, I think that the, the olds are doing it too. <laughs> I send sex to you
0: on Snapchat every single day and you know it. I I didn't want to say Christina, but now that you brought it into the open. But that brings me to actually another cool element of this update, which is that there will be a section called My Eyes Only where you can put those photos that you don't necessarily want people to see. So that when you're, you know, showing your photos to people on your phone, you don't have to worry about scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, it's a dick pic. (laughs) <laughs> you know right it's important like <gasps> that's you do. a
1: huge problem that i have simone i know oh, god it's huge. somebody finally okay here's the
2: thing we, we joke about it but that is like a legit problem that a lot of people have especially and it's not even just like 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 explicit photos but just even things you might not want people to see like
0: oh yeah like my my 10 ugly selfies that i took before i got the good one and then i never bothered to delete them yeah i don't want people <laughs> to see that crap
2: Or, I mean, look, and, like, let's be very real. If you've been out with somebody and you don't want somebody else to know that you've been out with that person, I mean, like, (laughs) there's, like, all kinds of shady, shady, shady reasons. That's one of them. You know, dick pics are shady. But there are also, like, legit reasons, too. Like you said, like, I, I, you know, I I don't want somebody to see all my, you know, like, vain selfies. Or, you know, maybe I was planning something for somebody's birthday and and I don't want them to see – to be surprised early. Um, you know, maybe like I'm about to shoot my husband with you know a, 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 a gun <laughs> off the top of my the roof of my right, house you know, right, b- because right. because he got me because because he loves me and I don't want right. him to see my, my my planning when we're going through my photos. So I mean, I think that that's a smart part of it. Um, I also think though, I think what you said at the beginning though Simone, is, is nailed it, which is what I've noticed and I've started using Snapchat more and more, I still don't love the service, but I, I have become pretty hooked on it um, in a lot of ways. What I've noticed is that when I go to concerts or when I go to events, when I used to see everybody having like either the default camera app open or um, Instagram open, now Snapchat is the default app to be open. And that's like, that's shifted in the last like six months. Like I was at a dashboard confessional concert um, about two and a half weeks ago and Like, that audience was, you know, probably, like, borderline, like, I think we're all a little old to be on Snapchat, you know what I mean? Because it's Dashboard Confessional. And so, I think probably the youngest people there were probably 25, and so... But literally, like we were literally I was on Snapchat the whole time. I was snapping the concert the whole time. My best friend that I was with, she was snapping the whole time. But literally everybody around us at this at this place in Long Island, everybody had Snapchat open. And I've noticed that at other events too. And it's it's become a a switch where I think it's almost become the default camera app. And so but what the problem is is a lot of people save their snaps. So after You know, you share it to your story or you send it to someone else. You can save to your camera roll and then you can, you know, post on social media and other places if you want to or, or even send it as a snap. But, but like, you know, sometimes you forget to save your snaps. Or the bigger thing and what this gets, what what this takes care of is sometimes I'll take a snap earlier and then I'll want to share it to my story or I'll want to share it with someone else and I won't be able to because. Um, like, as it stands now, you can't share an older photo to your 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 story without using third-party apps uh, th- that aren't allowed. Now you can. It'll show it, though, on the Snap. It'll show that it was taken from your camera roll, and it'll show what day it was taken. So it's clear to the user who's seen it that this is an older photo. So you can't, like, trick somebody and be like, oh, look at where I am. Instead, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was from a year ago. Cool. Um, but like, I, I, but I think that, that this is sort of a recognition, I think on their part that the ephemerality that made Snapchat, Snapchat is still definitely part of it but it's broadened where I think a lot of people now just use it as like an expression and a communication tool.
1: I, I have to know, Christina, how do you manage to it's like, there's only enough love in my heart for 1.5 social networks at a time. So I can love Twitter and use Twitter, even though it is a very abusive boyfriend that is going to end up murdering me one day. And that I could sort of use Facebook, which I got to admit I haven't loved Facebook in a long time, a long time. Um, you know, and it's like I, I play around with Instagram and I'm like, oh, this is great. This is just like Twitter, but only with positive emotions and pretty pictures. Absolutely, but absolutely. I can't get into the habit of doing it because I can, you know, Twitter is such a powerful media tool. Like how do you learn to be polyamorous with your social networks? Like how do you do this? Teach me your secrets. Snapchat
0: for me, like the, the concert argument like works. It fits so perfectly because you want to share that moment, but you don't want to have to go through like the rigmarole of okay, I'm I'm gonna pick a filter for this through of the thousands on Instagram. I'm gonna trim it down to this and this and this. It's just like boom, you're you're filming it and then you press a few buttons and it's gone. Even if you do decide to apply a Snapchat filter, like their their filters are so minimal that it's all it you know it. It takes away the
2: pain of choice, as it were. It's fast. I mean, I think that's the thing with Snapchat is so fast. I, for, but, but to answer your question, I mean, I do it and then I don't do it as well as I as I could. Like, I, I'm really good at Twitter. And then I'm pretty good about posting things to Facebook. Instagram, I try to post on a few times a week. Snapchat, it depends. Sometimes I'm on it, like, all day. Sometimes I'm not. And then the problem that I always have with Snapchat, I I, I, I opened it several times a day, but I don't always snap myself, is that sometimes I don't feel like whatever I'm doing is interesting enough to be captured and, like, if people saw what I was really... Really doing like I'd just be staring at a computer screen and like who wants to see that
0: well it's like Twitter in that way where there's like a, a humor language that you can access where you can make even boring things like you can have a funny observation about them in Snapchat but if you can't speak that language it's impossible I'm just like all right it's me at my desk just for hours I'm snapping okay. right now I'm
2: snapping I'm snapping right now as I say this guys I am actually I'm actually snapping, snapping, snapping right as well
0: because I realized that I lost my snap streak with Diana so I have to uh the snap streak thing is one of the most
1: ingenious things. I don't know what that is. What is so this? So if
0: you snap someone, if you snap each other every day, um, mm-hmm. then you there's this little flame emoji that nicks your conversation with them. And it represents how many days uh, you've consecutively snapped each other. That's so awesome. It is. It's great. So my friend Diana has like a year long snap streak with one of her friends. But you know, like if you miss a day where one of them doesn't snap back. Oh, that's gone. It's gone. It's gone, baby. You have to work your way back up again. Oh, it's so painful.
1: I could see like having a real argument with a friend of yours about that. Oh, yeah. How dare you? We were we were into infinity. I can't believe this.
0: I'm pretty sure my friend who has the really high snap streak, like she broke her phone at one point and actually logged into Snapchat on someone else's phone. To keep up the snap streak. That's funny. You're like robbing like, an Apple
2: store. Commitment.
1: I've got to. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: would be hilarious. So like if you went into an Apple store and you were like, "Look, I need to borrow a phone for two seconds. Why? I got to install Snapchat on. I got to log on. I got to get my streak. It's almost midnight. If I don't get it, like I'm dead. That would be a really funny <laughs> yep.
0: video. Somebody should do that. That would be great. But yeah, so Brianna, I hope that you can find it in you to be polyamorous with social media. Although I, I really, not I'm
1: Snapchat waiting either. for someone to to a Twitter that's not a toilet bowl day in and day out that media people actually use. That's the problem. That's the problem is you have to be on Twitter. It is an essential part of your career. Um, You know, Oh, it's, it sucks. (laughs) There we go.
0: This episode of rocket is brought to you by tracker, which is a simple, beautiful little device that helps you. Keep track of the things, the very important things that you could potentially lose. So your your cars, your phones, your houses. These are we all we have these smart devices all around us. But if we lose one of them, you're probably not going to lose your home. So don't track your home. Th- think <laughs> about keys. Think about your phone. Think about the little things that you use every day, like your purse. Which you you know you you're the person who always puts stuff back where you you're in the same place every day right right you're not stop lying to yourself you think you are but you're going to put it somewhere else one day and you're not going to remember where that place is and you're going to wish that you had a little device you could just log into your phone into the app on
1: your phone and figure out where the heck you put your darn keys
0: where did you put them they're usually in your purse they're not there now
1: what about your Nerf sniper rifle? Like, let's say you committed a crime with a Nerf sniper rifle and shot a 100 caliber bullet at someone. And you needed to hide that in the woods for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. could you then use then it again to, like, yeah, yeah. Would this be helpful?
0: So that you can hide the evidence one more time. That would totally we, be helpful. We didn't
1: helpful. say evidence. Like, the object. Yeah. No, right. no evidence. There's no evidence. No evidence, of of yes. any
0: crime. No, this is awesome. So... Basically, it's this tiny, tiny little device. Uh, it's about the size of a coin. Uh, you can use it to locate all the misplaced stuff, like I said, through an app on your phone, or if you want, you can even put it on your phone or put. you can have it your it track your phone and then you press a button on the device so that you can find your phone if you ever lose it, which you also do. Let's be real. It's not glued to your hand as much as you wish it was. And I actually got a tracker in the mail today and it came Right as I got home. So I have not had a chance to use it yet, but I've been, like, toying with it as I record. Yeah, it's it's really – it's a very smooth, silver little device. What um, are you going to track? I'm trying to decide because I feel, I feel like my keys might be that thing for me because yeah. my old apartment uh, in Washington, the door didn't automatically lock. So if I was going out to take out the trash, um, you know, I could just leave the door unlocked. But here, I always have to have my keys on me, and I am – I, just the other day, like I, I, always, I always put them back in my purse, except for just the other day, I found them like sitting on a table somewhere and I was like, "Who? what, what, what am I thinking? I'm going to go out one day with my purse and think that my keys are in it and not have them. But anyway, so this would help me like check on my phone. Oh, do I have my keys? Are they on me? If I lose them, find them again. Anyway, there are um, over 1.5 million devices in the tracker network. They have one of the largest crowd GPS networks in the world. So you're, if you lose an item, like, say, say, poor Micah Sargent, who lost his iPad, um, oh. had a tracker on it, it would show up, even if it was miles and miles away, if he had a tracker on it. So. Yeah,
2: or, or you, even if the battery died, which was kind of the case with that one, yeah. and the Find My iPhone app, you know, wasn't able to be tracked. I mean, that's the interesting thing, right, is that these things are, it, it's, you know, even though a lot of our devices have their own kind of GPS stuff built into it if the battery is dead or, or, you know, you can't access it some other way if it's on it. Hey,
1: there you go. This is your... So I have to say, like, I've seen other you know products like this, but they're, like, really cheap. Like, this, it looks, like... It looks really awesome. Like it looks like something if it were you know, stuck to my MacBook or my keys, it wouldn't embarrass me, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't look garbagey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tracker does not
0: look garbagey. <laughs> does this not look g- garbagey, cool thing. So it records your lost items last known location in the app and when another tracker I user comes that. within 100 feet of the item, you'll get a GPS update of the item's location. So that oh. that is super freaking cool. That's why I like the the big network of devices matters. Uh, so if you personally would like to prevent yourself from losing your crap, go to tracker.com that or to thetracker.com that's t h e t r a c k r.com and enter the code rocket for 30% off your order. Um so that's thetracker.com. I'm I'm going to spell it one more time. T H E the tracker t r a c k r.com. Yeah cool so do go check it out i'm gonna stick mine on something this week and um i will hopefully not lose anything but if i do i'm actually gonna test it i'm gonna mess with it in my apartment and have a fun time uh throwing my stuff around thank you so much tracker (laughs) for supporting rocket and relay fm (sighs) yeah
1: No, just imagine, like, a wine night that just goes a little too far at <laughs> your house, Simone, and then you're like, woo, I don't even have to care about my keys. Yeah. I, I've run into that before, though, where I've, like, literally, like, I
2: in my mind, I'm like, oh, I remember setting this down someplace, and then I don't remember where I put it. Yeah. Um, And this thing is small enough because it's, like, the size of, like, a quarter. Like, I, I could see myself, like, being like, yeah, you know what? Let's make sure the keys have this. Let's make sure uh, certain uh, important you know, other stuff, other things. have Keys would be the big one. Definitely, uh, yeah, my for the
0: keys. And I was thinking about dogs, too, Brianna, because uh, they do say that you can, like, stick it to your pet's collar, so. You know, for me, what it would be, too? It would be, me, not the sunglasses themselves, but,
2: like, my sunglass oh. case.
0: Oh. I lose sunglasses oh, all the time. Oh, snap. Right? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's the thing that keys yes but sunglasses even more likely for me to just put them down and right i'm
2: like where did where where did this go and i mean you know i mean maybe maybe if you leave them in a bar someplace they're probably gonna be lost and gone forever but like at least you would know i mean but if you're there in your house someplace because i don't know about you guys like I love my sunglasses and they're one of those things like if I, that an umbrella is like, yeah, I can lose them so easily and it's annoying. And you know what I like about this? I bought this blue, or not. I didn't buy. They sent me this Bluetooth umbrella that has an app that'll like let you know if you're out of range or whatever, like you are about to leave it behind. It didn't work that well. And it was like one hundred and thirty bucks. Decent umbrella, but like not worth the money. You could just take this thing and paste it to your umbrella. Oh my God. I've
1: lost 9,000 of those. And sunglasses, I don't even want really to think about that. Like, that's why I won't buy, like, a, you know, I always get the, like, knockoff sunglasses because I know I'm going to lose them. So that's a really yeah, good idea.
0: 100%. I've been wearing free sunglasses that I got at Pride for like three years because I don't trust myself. Anyway, so it's the end of an era. Blackberry classic. dead. R.I.P.
1: R.I.P. Rest in peace. Let's take a moment
0: of silence. Okay, that's enough. Yeah.
1: I I I I you know, I found out Real World went off the air after like twenty nine seasons in twenty thirteen and my reaction was Real world is still on the air, and that is exactly right. how I felt about this story this week. I was like, "Gosh, I thought they were screwed like five years ago when their stock went down, totally. and the, the BlackBerry you know tablet failed, and you know they're uh, the playbook." I, 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 I yeah, the playbook. When your and product I, I, is a punchline,
0: it is a it's dark
2: days when even the government so it was like two things happened this week. First, how this how the reason BlackBerry had to confirm this is that the Senate or the, the House or whatever the Senate, I guess it was, like sent out an email to their staffers being like, um, Verizon and ATT are no longer making Blackberries. And so we're gonna have to migrate you to other systems. So if you're using these 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 devices, you're gonna have to get off of them. And then BlackBerry was like, Hold up, hold up, hold up. Actually, uh, We still make phones, but you know that phone with the keyboard that everybody knows us for, the BlackBerry Classic with the keyboard and the trackpad that we like brought back a couple years ago and was like, oh, this is an iconic product. Yeah, that product we stopped making, but please buy our overpriced Android phone. Please, please, please. <laughs> and And everybody's like, yeah, no, we're not buying the Priv because no. And 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 people are like, oh, well, what other phones do you make? They're like, well, we we make this thing called the Passport. And People are like, oh, you mean that giant square phone with like the 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 key the keypad that also was like capacitive? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no one's going to buy that either. So you can have the overpriced Android phone, the 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 giant square passport phone, and then the phone that looks like the phone that everybody knows you for. That's the one that's dead. Yeah, that one's dead. Okay, so bye. <laughs> uh, uh, poor BlackBerry. I, I would feel bad for them if no, I. It, here here's my feeling in BlackBerry. They had so many chances before they fell off the 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 deep end to wreck yeah. the ship that mm, yeah. they refused to take. I, I I might have told the story on Rocket before, but but I'll tell it again. I was on a, a call with them. I this was like 2009. and I was I was still a fairly young journalist. This is before I worked at Mashable and they had just started this thing called like this app developer fund. And so it was like BlackBerry and like this this venture capitalist who was like, they, they have like this billion dollar app fund. Now, first of all, the fund never reached a billion dollars, but but the whole idea was that they would fund BlackBerry apps. And so I'm on the phone with the the, the VC person from Canada and I'm on the phone with someone from BlackBerry. And now at this time, I had an iPod touch and I loved it, but I was actually a BlackBerry user. And so I asked them like what I thought was a very innocuous question and a very fair question. I said, so Okay, this is this is great that you're trying to encourage app development, but when are your apps not gonna suck as much? Like when when are you gonna fix the fact that the Blackberry apps are are garbage? I don't think I used the words garbage, but but I did <laughs> I probably say, well, when are your apps gonna be up to par with everybody else's? And they got really offended and they were like, our apps are best in class. Da 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 da. And I laughed. Like I couldn't help it. I laughed. I was like, no, um Android at this point is like 6 months old and I'm like they're already ahead of you and iOS is doing gangbusters and Google Maps and Twitter on my BlackBerry are terrible. So what are you going to do to make your app experience like up like modern, mm-hmm. and they were in complete denial, and and they were offended by by me even asking the question. How dare I even question? Oh, we're we're an iconic product, and we're this and this and this. And I got off the call with them, and I remember turning to my, my my then boyfriend, now husband. I was like, Well, that was one of the worst press calls I've ever had in my life. And I, but but at that moment, I knew the company was screwed because I because this is two thousand nine when they were still out selling the iPhone. And I was like you'' you're, you're it's game over because they couldn't see the future, which was clearly that they had to evolve their their platform strategy and it took them I think it was four years after that before they finally introduced Blackberry Ten, which came out way too late. This was after they'd already come out with their tablet in two thousand eleven, which was terrible a, a tablet that literally the company known for email released a tablet that didn't have its own email client for a year, okay yes. the only way you oh. could do email on it was if you tethered it to your your blackberry which you know whatever and you know they, they had they would run these these ad campaigns like tools not toys and and you know amateur hours over and oh. it's like and it's like but but everybody who's doing real work is using an iphone or and, and increasingly android stuff too and and you know the fact that it took them so many years to shift to a new operating system to catch up to where you know the the puck already was rather than going to where it was going to be you know SOL. And so they've gone through a lot of management changes. And I actually think the guy that runs the company now is doing a pretty good job. He's turning them into a software company. They're basically becoming a mobile device management company, enterprise software, security stuff. And that's fine. Yeah, that's but, a know, smart move. That is yeah. a smart move. But like yeah. the fact is that the fact that we're even talking about this, I think it's mostly because we were all shocked that BlackBerry, A, that they still make phones and they do still make phones. But B, that the classic BlackBerry, the BlackBerry Classic was still a thing. Like That was my first reaction. I was like, the BlackBerry Classic was still for sale. People were like, yup. And I was like, <laughs>
0: Huh? When I was reading uh, Raymond Wong's write-up on Mashable, I was like, "2014? Is that really? Is that really when they frickin' brought it back? That was two yep. years ago." Yeah. Yep. It, it is a testament to something that a that was brought back in 2014, and b I I I it completely sailed over my head. Okay, Blackberry. I'm sorry. No, and what's funny is 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 the, our joke internally because I sit next to Ray. We were like, yeah, they
2: probably finally sold out all the ones they started making in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> like, the factory finally was like, that is okay, that seems done. very
1: plausible. That seems Snap. very plausible. Oh my god! I, I I guess I would say this. You know, um, I used to love hardware keyboards. Like uh, Palm yeah, put out a product. They're they're actually very similar. Like they're a, yeah, the they're trio, a company. I love my trio. Oh, I, I had the Palm Tungsten C and it had yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a keyboard on it. I it was great. I would go do stories with that. I would take notes on it. Like as people are talking, like I would be able to type out a transcript. Like I was really, really good at it. But, you know, it, it was similar to BlackBerry that they just never updated it. They didn't come out with the product and they just lost the momentum. I guess in the interest of being like, Four percent fair here. I mean, <laughs> is there is there anything we're losing with the loss of a physical keyboard? Because, like many people, when the iPhone first came out, I had a tough time because I couldn't you know, text as fast on an iPhone as I could with the physical keyboard. Once the six plus came out, though, and I can you know hold it in both hands, I can type just beyond fast on that. So, I mean, yeah. are we are we missing? Any kind of innovation here, like what value did it still have for those customers?
2: I mean, I think that for certain people who might have um, certain, you know, uh, uh, sight problems, because you can obviously do touch typing. Although, you know, the iPhone and Android are, are good for for um, people who have um, vision problems too. You know, some of those those features, I guess, it could be useful. Some people really love that clickety clack and are just more efficient. And and if you had like one of the great things about the old Blackberries, and I don't, I don't think the BlackBerry Classic really did this as well because it ran blackberry 10 but there were a ton of like keyboard shortcuts so when you're in mail pressing T would take you to the top take you know pressing spacebar would take you to the bottom you know you could you could sh- one, one click to reply one click to archive and those sorts of features putting aside whether you can type faster on a keyboard or a touch screen I think most people, optimized touchscreen will be faster just because at this point autocorrect is so good it'll it'll replace words for you, you'll be faster with it. But I think that for certain people where muscle memory comes into place, you can probably crank through your inbox on a blackberry faster. so mm-hmm. I think that that's that's why probably people in the Senate, certain business people, whenever I still see people with blackberries, usually the older ones is people who are doing a lot of heavy inbox stuff um, and, and and going through lots of text all the time. Yeah, I think you probably miss out on some of those things. I, I also think, you know, even though my fingers would get crammed a little bit after if if I would type and type and type away on a physical keyboard, I could go longer and write longer messages than I sometimes feel like I can on a touch screen. Um, and then I don't know, there's something to to me anyway about it feeling more durable where I know it could pound away on that keyboard and and it's not going to break. Whereas, you know, if I'm on my iPhone and I'm walking, you know, through traffic, like one false move, like my iPhone's going to go like smack (laughs) against the floor.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
2: things are going to be bad. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's maybe this isn't fair, but you know, like my husband is a bit older than I am, and you know, a thing I've really noticed with him is a real reticence to accept any kind of change. You know, he's just of a different generation, where you know, for me picking up, you know, uh, change in software, it's almost fun. You know, he's the exact opposite, where it's like pulling teeth that's very painful for him. And we, we negotiate every single year when Apple puts (laughs) out their new operating system. So I can't, I mean, you know, I used to work in politics in the arena, and I'm I'm familiar with those people. And, you know, I, I can't help but suspect it's more of the latter. It's just, a uh, you know, they found something, they're comfortable with it, and they want to stick with it. So
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, Kim Kardashian famously still uses, like, a BlackBerry 9900 um, alongside her iPhone 6S. And so that's the one where, like, that's not even the – that it looks just like the classic, which they just discontinue, but it actually runs the BlackBerry OS 7, which is, like, many years old. And she, like, talked about on, on, on Kara Swisher's podcast um, – she shared this at Recode a couple years ago where she was like, oh – I buy them off of eBay and I love my BlackBerry. And then she was like, you know, I've been, but she told Kara Swisher on her podcast recently. She was like, oh yeah, they're getting harder to find. I'm probably going to have to switch to the iPhone 6S Plus, you know, full time. (laughs) So even Kim Kardashian, who like was the last bastion of like, you know, keyboard lovers, is, is probably going to move away. But I think you make a good point. I think there's certain people, uh, whether they're older or whether they just don't want to learn the tech. And, and that, that's a very valid thing. If you've got a lot of stuff going on, if you've got a lot of stuff to do, maybe you don't have time to learn a new phone. Like you, you like what you like and you get it done. Like Sarah Jessica Parker famously loves her blackberries. Like I saw some Instagram post of hers, like she was on some sort of Amtrak train, I think going to like, um, the, the white house correspondence center. And like, it was a bunch of blackberries and she was like, you know, very happy that everybody had their Blackberries all on the table. (laughs) And it
0: was like, it it was a total throwback photo because it was like, that's awesome. But that's like, you know. I will say the name Blackberry is such a good name. Like, it just sounds fun to say. And there's something very satisfying about it, but... Oh, totally. I mean, you know what?
2: I, I I want a Blackberry the same way that I want, like, a pager. I, yeah. I've been seriously considering buying a pager just like as an ironic <laughs> accessory. And I yeah. would, I, you know what I mean? And like, I could totally see myself. But here's the thing even like discontinued, the Blackberry Classic is still unlocked $380. And that's when I'm like, yeah, you know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Too much for an accessory.
0: All right.
1: I well the 9900 is $94 on eBay. Like, if you put a SIM card in there, it, it's not going to work, right? Because it needs the BBM proprietary thing. It in, in
2: like, the, needs in the, in the biz. So you've got to pay, like, a $10 a month surcharge thing if you want to get it working. You can get it working, but you've then got to, like, activate their their knock service, which they still technically run, but, like, who knows how much longer that'll be up. And it's, like, a $10 a month surcharge. So it's probably not worth it just for, you know, the accessory.
0: Well, what are we up to this week?
1: What are we up to this what week? What are we up to this uh, week? I'm still working on my novel, which is very hard. It's Hat. very hard to write an entire novel. Uh, so I'm working on that. I feel and, you there. Uh, I did a uh, piece for iMore this week, and uh, I'm talking to another journalism outlet. Uh, it's pretty big and awesome about doing a pretty cool query for them. So that's what I'm up to.
0: Voice. What about you, Christina?
2: Just uh, continuing same old, same old. Uh, it's kind of the, the doldrums of summer. It so a slow. Yeah, it's getting kind of slow. Although there's about to be a whole bunch of news that's going to be dropping. But I'm I'm continuing to do Facebook lives all the time for Mashable, and um, you know, writing think pieces uh, basically every day. So you know, stay tuned to my stuff to see what I do. But, but right now, it's it, there's not like any new product really coming out. So it's one of those things where you know, like everybody's on vacation. Um, so we're, you know, kind of trying to like gear up for, for what's going to be happening. Obviously it'll get, it'll get real busy real quick, but right now it's kind of slow.
1: Can I tell you, Christina, you've sold me on Facebook live. Like when it first came out, I was just like, what is this? This isn't, this doesn't seem like a very Facebooky thing, but yours is awesome. And oh, I don't you. know. I think it's just, um, it, it like seeing you do it is the moment that feature clicked for me. So
0: I still haven't had the freaking Mac and Cheetos. How? how oh. well, well, you've been sick. You
1: have to. They're so good. I'm
0: furious. I forgot about it until this very moment. I put it out of my mind. Oh my god! I. Uh, all right. I think well, we okay. should bar
1: you from the show next week, unless unless you I <laughs> yes, she, unless, unless yeah, I, get I get my shit the stuff game, together, shape
2: up, and you better eat your mac and cheetos. I
0: will. Yeah. I will, mom. Thanks. <laughs> Don't call me mom for doing same out. old. Oh, but you are. Oh, I'm sorry, mom. Um. <laughs>
1: no christina is bad mom if mom and she's not even bad you're both no 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 no
0: yes anyway uh yeah i'm also doing kind of same old same old this week doing a lot of writing um and then heading up to Maine for my don't tell her my grandma's surprise birthday party um don't track down my grandma rocket listeners and spoil (laughs) the surprise
1: do you need to borrow my uh, sniper rifle? Yes, Someone's, you
0: can. Yes, I do. <laughs> I have a lot of little cousins. Um. Got to keep them out of my stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited. Actually, I actually haven't seen any of my East Coast family since I moved out here. So I'll catch up with all of the many, many thousands of them that there are. Um, yeah. Brianna, where can we find you online?
1: Space Cat Cow.
0: Cool. Christina? Find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the Snapchats. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. My videos at youtube.com slash Polygon. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, if you liked it, please leave us a review on iTunes because that that makes us love you. That makes us love you personally. We know your name, we know where you live. Um this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.
2: Terminated.